Hey everybody and welcome to the Orale podcast. Thanks for joining me on this journey. This is my podcast where I'm going to talk to whoever I find interesting and talk about whatever I find interesting. So I hope you guys enjoy and if you have any suggestions for future guests, please email them to oralepod at gmail.com. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, Libby. Libby has an amazing story about how she grew up here in San Antonio. She has a story about some major obstacles that she faced in her life, some that I think we can all relate to. I hope you all enjoy her story, and Libby kicks ass, and you guys kick ass too. What's up, everybody? I'm here with my good friend Libby. We're about to hear some amazing life stories right now. Libby, what's going on? What's up? Hey, so where'd you grow up, Libby? I grew up here in San Antonio. Here in San Antonio? Yeah, here in San Antonio. What's what's out of town? Uh, I grew up actually on the north side. I went to like MacArthur, Driscoll. Oh, okay. Cool. So cool. yeah, on that side. <clears throat> Wait, how old are you? I'm thirty six. Okay. I'm thirty four, so we're not far off. I'm older than you, so Yeah, that's cool. You have to respect me. That's cool. Did you know a guy <laughs> named Philip at MacArthur? Philip. Armstrong? Armstrong, yeah, I know Phillips, the Armstrong brothers. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I used to Tony know, and Philip, I right? Don't, I don't know his brother. I just remember um, Philip. I yeah, I think he was maybe a year or two younger than me, but I was an athletic trainer in high school, so I yeah. knew all the sports people. Yeah, I don't know what he did, but funny thing about Philip is uh, we knew each other when we were seven years old. We played CYO together. Mm. And then I lost touch with him at like eight or nine. And then um, I have a cousin who's a year older than me, and he's from San Diego. And he would come back here every now and then and go to school because he liked to mess up his life like that. The cousin, your cousin? Yeah, my cousin did. And he went to MacArthur. Mm -hmm. And me and my cousin were really (laughs) bad kids when we were younger. I believe that. And so when we were, when we were like 14 or 15, I was hanging out with my cousin while he was going to MacArthur and he was like, Hey, we're going to go hang out at my friend's house and go smoke. And I was like, okay, cool. And we went and it was Philip and we reconnected. Oh, I mean, nice. I haven't talked to him since then. Right. Do you have him on Facebook or social media? No, I think I did for a while. Philip, if you're out there, hit me up, man. Mike Rod 87 on Instagram. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> let me... Uh, so you grew up here on the north side and, uh, graduated from MacArthur? Graduated, yeah. Class 2003, what, what? So what, what year? Oh, 2013. Yeah. 2003. I know. It sounds so long ago. That's when you graduated 13? No, I wish. Oh, when did you graduate? 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah. I High was school. like, dang. High school, rem- remedial math. <laughs> Still in remedial math. What are you talking yeah. about? So, so what did you do after MacArthur? Uh, you know what? I went to St. Phillips for a couple years got real scared of the east side but you know i just wanted to literally party yeah yeah you know when i was younger i didn't really where were your spots to hang out or you're doing like house parties and stuff no you know i wasn't a big fan of house parties i didn't really party in high school i was actually anti i was like everything anti right like if there was like an american heart association club that's what i was in right like against cancer and smoking cigarettes and smoking anything else for that matter right yeah. anti-drinking and i have three brothers so older older okay so i kind of saw them you know getting into trouble or you know just being teenagers you know young 20s 
So I definitely was like, oh, I'm never going to be like them. I'm never going to drink. I'm never going to do anything yeah. fun. Um, until after high school. Until my 20s, really. I don't think I really started drinking. Maybe in my 20s. Yeah. Because I went to, I did an internship in Orlando for Disney World. Oh, cool. <clears throat> we have a friend that did that too. Yeah, yeah. It was actually, I mean, I think it was pretty traumatic because I was like definitely a homebody. So being a thousand miles away from anyone I knew and yeah. literally just showing up and they don't tell you anything. They don't tell you where you're going to work, who you're going to room with. It's literally you're going through this orientation line and the people you're in line with end up being your roommates. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you say like, hey, I want a two bedroom or I want only one roommate, it's literally the roommate like before or after you, the person before or after you. So it's like a whole internship. It's not like it's not like, hey, I'm going to intern in theater or i'm going because i'm interning in marketing it was just like we're gonna put you wherever yeah that's wild spectrum yeah so they go and and i was at saint phillips right so this lady i think she had ended up doing it and so she had brought like all the information they had a session i was like oh my god i'm just going to apply and you know see what happens and i was like a biology major so i i really wanted to be a science anything back in the day but now I know better because it's just too hard. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> but so then I got accepted, right? And so they're like, oh, come to Orlando. And it was like, come in May 25th is your day, right? So you literally just have to show up and park and then just start in this line and you'll get information. And even, I think it took a couple days to even know where you're going to work, what you're going to do, for like where you're going to be. Like you learn about the tunnel and like the secret entrances and all that stuff. Like it's legit. Uh, it was pretty hard. I, mean, I didn't get paid anything, but it was a good life experience. I don't think it like. So how long were you there for? For nine months. That's a pretty I had, good like, internship. The extended internship, yeah. So it was it was fun. I mean, I'm still friends with the majority of the people that I roomed with. So what did you end up actually like doing oh, in your goodness. internship? So I ended up being a busser. Oh, in sweet. Magic Kingdom. Sweet. No, it's not sweet. So well, we being a busser in like, general is not very sweet. <laughs> I've done it. I had to like wear the full costume, and of course, I got like with skirt and the embroidered, yeah, whatever, right? You had to pick out. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, so they got your outfits, they cleaned them, they did everything, so you could just like drop them off and then get new ones. But you're all you're all dropping off your chons. (laughs) Oops. You're like free laundry. (laughs) Oh my god, I should have. I really should have. Yeah. Um, no, so you, you just end up working, and I was a buster, so I just bust, literally. What an internship. Like, hey, guys, we're going to bring you to the magical place on Earth, and here's your internship, cleaning tables. <laughs> and taking trash out. And I don't yeah. know if you know, but Disney doesn't have, like, trash bags, so you're not, like, literally taking... What? They have, like, it's literally, like, magical a bags? huge, um, like, a garbage disposal in the back. Oh. You just dump it and like you press a button and it like shoots down. Dang, that's pretty sweet. And then you just like rinse everything out with water. No, no. You think it is, but it, it splashes. Like it splashes the ketchup, the mustard. So I'm like wearing a white shirt, like a white embroidered shirt. And every day I was just covered in ketchup and mustard and uh, whatever else is in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I was, my first job was a waiter on the river walk and that was a really interesting experience at for what, it. at what restaurant at uh rio rio cantina oh rio rio yeah the funnest time of my life as, as an 18 year old 
sheltered boy working on the river walk. Wilding. Oh, you probably wild out. I was going crazy. And those people probably loved it. They're like, let me show this little shit. I was... <laughs> I would take it back. I was like, I can't wait. I would see people with like, they wouldn't eat all their nachos and I hadn't eaten in three months. <laughs> can't wait to get down on this. Just throw off theirs oh and just munch down. I did. I worked at the original. Oh, uh, the original Mexican? Oh my right next God. door? Yes. That I was, think I only lasted honestly like four months. That was like, to us, that was like the stepchild. That was like a stepchild. Vice versa. Yeah. Oh, y'all thought about Rio like that? We're like, oh my God, this bougie Rio, Rio. <laughs> You see me strutting their guacamole is better than ours. Yeah, yeah. I was strutting in my orange uh, short sleeve button oh down. Oh, uh, the downtown right is like a, the river walk is a different. It's a whole different life. Breed yeah, it's a whole different. People. Yeah, I was eighteen and I was in love with this girl Melissa. Hope you're out there, Melissa. She was thirty. She was thirty, and I kept trying to tell her like, I'm, "Let me get with you. I'm a man." And she was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> I was like. We'll see. And then, you know what? She was right. <laughs> she was right. I so, wasn't. So, shout out to Melissa. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, so what happened after the internship? Um, I'm like, what did happen after the internship? So, I came back and I was already, like, into being myself, right? And, like, we had partied there in Florida as much as you can party when you're 19 in Florida. But... I came back and I actually had to move in with my brother who just had like babies uh-huh. and I like, got a divorce. Literally both my parents called me up on the way back from Florida and they're like, hey, just go to Dallas because your brother needs you. I was like, excuse me. And then I called my dad and I'm like, dad, mom's making me go. And my dad's like, yep, you're coming. I'm like, who said, like, this is not fair. <laughs> no, but I'm so thankful, honestly, for that time, that opportunity with my niece and nephew, like watching yeah. grow. We have such a... I mean, they're literally 18 and 19 now. Oh, cool. So we have such a good relationship. And I love my niece and nephew. They're my first babies that I loved. And then what did I do? I feel like, honestly, my 20s are a blur. Like, it was just a bunch of nonsense, really. Just a bunch of just living, working odd jobs or what? Living. I, you know, yeah, I worked H-E-B. I mean, I worked a bunch of jobs. I worked H-E-B, too. Off of I-10 and Wurzbach. What did you do at HEB? I was a number one checker boy. <laughs> I was a no, no, I was a checker for a while, and then I got promoted to, uh, I guess whatever they call them, cashiers. The beep 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 beep. Just doing like what is it, eighty RPMs a minute? Isn't that crazy? I I could never be a cashier. At yeah, I loved it. I mean, like, no, literally, like they wouldn't let me be. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, you cannot do this. You're an idiot, and we're not gonna let you on our registers. I was also I was also 21, and uh, really dumb. I might not have been 21 yet. I might have been 20. I probably worked there like nine months, and then one time the towards the end of my employment with them, I left on good terms. But hit me up, HEB. I'm still looking for a job. Um, <laughs> Shout out HEB for life. <laughs> But yeah, I was in my 20s and I was at a party at a weekend and some guy sucker punched me. I know who the guy is. He wasn't a random guy, but I'm not going to say his name right now. You know who you are. I'm not mad at you no more, though. You know what you did. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, sucker punched me. I had a black eye. And I went to I went to work and straight up full black eye. And then um, people were asking me about it, like everybody, customers, employees. And they're like, what happened? And I had to freaking lie dude and i had to lie 
like the dumbest the dumb the dumbest lie dude i said i played lacrosse and a lacrosse ball hit me in the eye because i didn't catch it i never played lacrosse in my life (laughs) that's awesome never in my life have i touched a lacrosse stick or a lacrosse ball nor do i know the game actually (laughs) i don't know the game but you know what you came through for me on that one time (laughs) go lacrosse yeah (laughs) so so you were in dallas and then yeah, I honest going back to nineteen. Oh man, that's like my mind. I feel like as you get older, like it's those memories that you think you're gonna have forever. They just start least like they slowly fade away. Like I was just all about partying and boys in my twenties. I feel, and then when I got t- pregnant at twenty eight, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. That's also a blur. Ah. Um, Were you here in San Antonio when you got pregnant? Okay. Actually, I lived right there off uh, San Antonio College. Yeah. yeah. I actually rented like a little studio that that sucked. Like it wasn't insulated. It was old. It had like the smallest window unit. So it was always hot. I was always sweating like in my house. Like at midnight, just sweating. I'm like, why did they give me this small AC unit, right? Like, and then I would get my CPS bill and it was like $300. I'm like, respect. Shout out CPS. (laughs) For those window units. Shout out out Paula Gold. Did you hear? She resigned. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know a lot about her, but yeah, I know. I never, I never met her or saw her talk, but yeah, I saw that she resigned. I didn't see her talk when they, when we had her, but she did show up at that uh, ELC, like the little retreat. Mm-hmm. She had showed up at the restaurant, so we got a picture with her. She always seemed nice. I Shout out. Best of luck, Paula. Hit, hit us up if you look for uh, Minty. <laughs> Let us know your ways. <laughs> um, so you're at an apartment by SAC. Yeah, so then I'm like living by myself, working downtown, thinking I'm all big and bad. And when I don't have a car, I'm on the bus. Like right. I really didn't have anything set up, right? Like yeah. I, I literally just thought I'm just going to do whatever I want for however long I want. Right. So then I get pregnant and the first thing is like, Oh my God, like I have nothing. I have no one. I have nowhere to go. I have no savings. Like I don't even have like, like what are you going to do? Right. Like it's so scary because I didn't have an education. I didn't even have family support because I was always just like, doing whatever oh so i got back let's i guess when i was 25 me and my friend literally just took off to california oh cool like we just literally packed a suitcase and my friends like we had been drinking at the bar all night literally still hungover woke up my friend's like fuck it let's go i was like let's go i'm not even i'm not even joking you're like i got nothing here she's like me either I was like, let's go. So we just packed up suitcases. We left and I like left my car at my mom's house. I was like, peace out, bitches. Like, wow, <laughs> I'm out of here. That's dope, though. No, it was actually really stupid. But yeah. it was like a lot. I mean, I think the experience. Where did y'all go, though? Where part of Cali did y'all go? We went to L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we are working on make it in L.A., boy. No. Okay. And then so when I was like 24, 25, I had like, like lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I was like thought i was popping right you're like, put me on laguna beach i'm like let's go i'm a star right <laughs> <laughs> no i wasn't a star i couldn't even get hired at red robin like let's get it together so it was really tough to get a job in la let alone not having any kind of background in anything for both of us because yeah. 
she had also only worked for her dad's restaurant her whole life. So she didn't really have any other experience than working in a restaurant. But it's even, it's so hard to get a job in a restaurant because everyone has a restaurant job in LA, right? Let alone on like a popular restaurant. Like she might've been good enough, like looked good enough to have like a Hollywood server job, but I didn't, you know, like. So, so did (laughs) y'all, when y'all, initially went there did y'all like live out of the car for a minute or did y'all find in a like a place so i had worked i was working at the westin at this time right so uh, I, I i was working in room service i met this dude shout out shout out to the dude <laughs> <laughs> and so we used his discount to get hotel rooms right so oh, we would okay. get the family discount so we'd be staying at like westin's for like 45 bucks a night so we ended up we did ended up staying in hotels for like a month until we got a lease and the only reason we got a lease is because, again, her parents owned a restaurant. So they just made pay- fake pay stubs for us. Oh, nice. Because the rent there was like $2,500 a month for yeah. a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. So, I mean, we didn't even know what we were getting into. We just were trying to get into something yeah. and then figure the rest out, right? And we came to slowly figure out that that's not the way to do it. <laughs> Because how are you going to maintain? I mean, between the both of us, the bills were like $1,500. And, you know, every month comes up quick. So it's like, no. So we only, so I actually was there by myself. So my friend ended up coming back to San Antonio Uh to work and make money at her dad's restaurant and then would pay her half of the rent like via like internet or whatever. Right. And then, so I was there working at Radio Shack. So I lived in North Hollywood. But I worked in, what do they call it? The Valley. Uh-huh. So literally, I didn't have a car. So I was on the bus. So literally, it was a two and a half hour bus ride to, to my job. To and from? Each. Yeah, That's each wild. way. No, I, I literally was like work like a dog living in LA. Like it was so tough. And I thought I was going to make it because I was trying so hard. Yeah. But no, so it was an eye-opening experience of the real world for sure. <clears throat> so how long were you there total? Like five months. Dang. And then we got like a huge broken lease on our credit report, right? Like, yeah. like it was like a ridiculous, like $8,000 each, right? Like, and that was half, like we each got half of it. You know what though? My, my cousin that I was telling you about earlier, he's from San Diego mm-hmm. and he went to UCLA and, um, as we're like older, I was like, Hey dude, like I want to go see LA. And he was like, no, you don't. And he was like, you don't want to see LA. Yeah. And so I've never gone. I've been to San Diego and I love San Diego. I love San Diego. I took my son to San Diego for his Yeah. Yeah. I birthday. remember. He Re- loved it. Respect. Yeah. It's a badass place. He liked all those it. bars and stuff. Yeah. He loved them. The all, gas lamp. Every single one of them. <laughs> the gas lamp district. <laughs> all of it. Where did y'all, where'd y'all stay? You know what's out of like town? We stayed downtown San Diego. Yeah. It's pretty so sweet. right on the bay. So I thought I wanted the bay view, right? I was like, oh man, we're getting the city view. But honestly, I feel like we could have got a bay view in Corpus and it would have been the same thing. So I'm really happy we got that city view because at night it was just like so beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. It was just exciting. It was exciting to be back in Cali. Like I hadn't been back since I left. So I was excited to take my son and I'm like, don't you love Cali? And yeah, so it was a lot of fun. He's like, yeah, I'm going to move here, mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, you better afford it. I get it together. Go to school. <laughs> so, so you get back to San Antonio. You're living by SAC. And then you find out you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so what, what happens after that? I just feel like I'm scrambling, right? 
So I at this point, I think I worked at Casa Rio. Okay, yeah. Which is pretty legit. I mean, as a it's server. It's a nice place. Yeah. As a server, like, they have food runners. Mm-hmm. So you never have to take your own food to your table. You didn't have to carry the big-ass trays. Yeah. No, because they had food runners. So I was like, heck, yeah. But they still, I mean, it's so busy. Like, it's like you have to have food runners. There's no way you could not have food runners, right? Yeah. Um, but they're real strict because of that, because they do know it's a good, it's a pretty good serving job because yeah. you'll make money and they're they're And most of the people that work in there are lifers, right? Like they're, yes, this yeah. lady had been there like 45 years. <clears throat> That's the way it was. At she Rio had like Rio insoles too. and she's like, Oh honey, get these insoles. So they're a lifesaver. Cause my feet hurt. Right. Like yeah. and when you're a server, you're just on your feet all day. Yeah. So then I'm like working there and like, if you're late, they're real strict. So of course me being late everywhere all the time i ended up like getting let go because i came in late one too many times so story of my life i feel like all jobs i've ever gotten fired from is for time and attendance like it's not for performance it's not like for anything else it's like oh you just can't get here on time like we hate you we're letting you go (laughs) (laughs) you're a bitch i'm on a bus i'm trying (laughs) honestly yeah the bus life man I don't miss that. I don't miss those days, knock on wood. But yeah, so I'm like scrambling. I'm not working. <clears throat> I end up moving in like with a baby daddy for a little while. And we were like rocky from the get go. And then like once I found that I was pregnant, we tried to make it work. Yeah. Right? We tried to see, let's just try again, right? And we we're just so different. We were so different. I, I'm just like, I don't even like the term free spirit, but I was a way more free spirit than he ever was like, or more than he could have ever accepted. Yeah. Right. And so it just didn't work out. So I was literally nine months pregnant working. I had worked downtown at uh, what was that called? The Wyndham. Mm-hmm. But selling the time, time shares. shares. Yeah. The I know a couple people who did that job ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, no. So I got hired there and they didn't know I was pregnant. They didn't know I was pregnant because like I, yeah, I'm a big girl, right? Like, and I was still a big girl. So like I could just be like, oh, I'm just bloated or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then finally, like, like a month or two in, I told him, I was like, oh, my God, guess what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm nine months pregnant. <laughs> I'm seven months pregnant. Uh, yeah. Who would have known? That's wild. <laughs> but I knew I wasn't going to keep it, but. So I'm literally on my friend's couch trying to find something, right? Trying to figure out what my next step is because I don't have any support. Like, my family's not supporting me. Obviously, this dude's not supporting me. I can't even support myself at this point, right? So I remember calling Sam Ministries, and they have a rapid rehousing. Well, they'll give you, like, the deposit and the down payment, and they'll pay, like, three or six months of your rent to help you get on your feet, right? But I didn't qualify because technically I was still, I was living at my friend's house. Like I had a, a, a roof over my head. Oh, you had to be homeless. Like legit homeless. Yeah. Like, and I don't even know if that e- is even like a, a question because you like at Haven to be like in the intake and stuff, yeah. you just have to be there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to prove that you have nowhere else to go. Yeah. And I feel like in that moment, they're like, oh, we're at your friend's house, so we're not going to help you. I was like, oh, my gosh. So then I'm like, well, it's income. Like, So Pistol was born around April, so it was around income tax, right? I was like, I'll just get my income tax, get an apartment, 
and then figure the rest out as I go, right? Yeah. So tell me why they withheld my money for student loans that year. So oh. my whole income tax, I didn't get anything. From like years ago? When yeah, you I had gone school. to like Stanford Brown, some like trade school. Oh yeah, they're BS, good ones. The BS colleges, right? Shout out Hallmark. <laughs> Career point. Yeah. I wish I went to them because at least they're getting their money back. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, so my so then I had nothing. I had nothing but the paychecks I was getting like at Wyndham, yeah. which were nothing, right? Yeah. Was it those, was it all commission? Those jobs, yeah, are oh. mainly based on commission. Yeah. I wasn't selling nothing. Like, I don't know how people sell. I can't sell anything, yeah. right? So then I end up quitting. My friend is like, hey, my aunt knows a guy who says you can stay with him. He's from Mexico, and if you agree to marry him, you can live with him. And literally, I had nowhere to go. I was like, fine. Okay, let's do this. Wait, so your parents were just like, <clears throat> good luck? At least my mom. My mom. Yeah. My dad lived in Dallas, and... He was, he was far enough separated from what's going on. And I feel like my dad was always just like Team Libby, right? And you just yeah. don't want to show him like the disappointments. And uh, he was like, oh, I don't want to tell you I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Okay. So I never really reached out to them. And, you know, my dad was, that's honestly another story in itself. But he yeah. had a big business. The CEO of his business ended up embezzling like literally millions of dollars. Whoa. And then dying. So all the people who invested in, in this business that him and my dad created only had my dad to ask, hey, where's my money? Oh. My, my dad literally got indicted by the FBI. Crazy. Yeah. It, it's honestly a crazy story. Yeah. So he wasn't anything like no one could help me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at this point, And, it, you know, I, I try to take as much responsibility for my own life as I could. So at this point, I was like, well. Let me just figure it out. So I move in with this guy probably about a month before I have birth. Like, I give birth to Pistol. And, I mean, it's cool. Like, we're cool. Like, we hang out. I mean, there's obviously a huge... Like, he only speaks Spanish. So yeah. I don't speak Spanish. Like, I can work my way around a Mexican menu pretty well. But yeah. as far as a conversation, yeah. no. Like, we're not talking. Get off fajita. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Oh, yes. I need some con huevos, please. <laughs> Don't don't tell him that, okay? I know exactly. It's a, di a different meaning when you tell him that, like that. Yeah. When you say it, like so, that. you you moved in with him with the idea, like I'm gonna go ahead and marry this dude. I'm gonna have to marry this dude. Okay. So then I'm in the hospital, right? I give birth, <clears throat> and he literally tells my friend, to tell my his aunt, whatever, whatever, the chain. He's like, hey, I really want your son to have my last name. Y'all, y'all had never talked about that before. No, no, no. Oh well, how could you? Right, you, there's a language. Exactly. Oh, okay. E especially something like that, right? Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. My son is never gonna have your last name. Like, I don't care what. Like, yeah. he's not yours. You know, yeah. like. And we weren't even married. Like, it's not like anything, right? Yeah. Anyways, so I bring Pistol back, and, and he does try. He tries, but he was, I don't even know what he did, right? Who? What did they do? Were y'all roughly the same age, or was he a lot older, younger? I think he was the same age. Yeah. 
give or take, right? Yeah. Um, and he was like a day laborer kind of person. Not like a, like he worked for a company, but construction it was or labor, something. Yeah. You know, labor and whatever it was. And so he would be gone all day. He wouldn't get back till six, seven, eight o'clock at night. And honestly, like expected dinner on, on the table, his clothes clean, the house clean. And literally he expected that, like as I had just given birth to Pistol, like I was C-sectioned, right? Exclusively breastfeeding Pistol. Like I'm literally like on my, it's like the last straw any woman could ever be on. And he is like complaining to my friend's aunt. Like she doesn't do anything. She's not pulling her weight. I'm gonna start charging her rent. So then he starts saying, well, I'm going to need you because they they raised my rent because a, a person another person's living here now supposedly and you're going to have to start paying $600. And given I wasn't working, like I obviously quit the window yeah. like and I had no transportation and he lived like in the back of this neighborhood. So it's not like he even lived anywhere convenient to like a bus route where Yeah. I could casually maybe, you know, get a job down the street, come to and from. You know, and then it's like, "Hey, what are you going to do with your kid?" like so then push comes to shove and and then i'm just like no this is like not working and he's like yeah it's not working he's like so you have until i don't know two months right i'll give you two months and then you got to move out and this is like three weeks like this is probably like two three weeks at this point right and i'm like oh my freaking god like what do i do like yeah. what do you do you know i was like freaking out so uh, the only thing i could do is google single like shelters for single moms yeah right and i was just like i can't believe i'm even doing this like it's you know your pride it's a pride it's, thing. it's your pride yeah. and your eagle and then it's, it's of course just the idea you never think you're gonna be homeless yeah you know when someone asks you where do you see yourself in 10 years it's not like homeless you know like yeah it's always like oh i'm gonna be the executive of this yeah. I'll, I'll show you <laughs> of usaa you know yeah. like so I was definitely just like scared and nervous and you know, you obviously want a better life for your kid. And so, yeah. So I called, uh, it's called Guadalupe home. It's run by Catholic charities and they have, I have a little like, I don't want to say group home cause it's not a group home, but is that the same as, uh, Martinez street or is there something different? No, so you know what? They don't disclose the addresses of these shelters for security oh, I, purposes. Oh, I, I, I don't know if that's the, the address. I think it was called like Martina Street, like Women's Shelter or something. No, this one's it called Guadalupe different. Home. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, it's right there on... No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah. it. Okay, for the... No, it is. I mean, it's for yeah. security purposes. Just like, you know, the battered It's in the Dominion. <laughs> Just FYI. Yeah. Uh, it's the best time of my life. No. <laughs> Um, and so I have an interview, right? And the lady's like, well, if you don't come, you know, today, we're not going to hold your spot. Like they pressure you. Right. And I'm like, well, like, what do I do if I wait? Should I wait? Should I not? Should I try to figure things out? And I was like, well, I'll call you back. It, like, I think I interviewed like on a Thursday or Friday. I was like, I'll give you a call back Monday. Like I toured the place. I talked to them. And then I think like shit hit the fan you know where i was and he was just not that we could argue with each other but he was just being like passive aggressive right yeah. like it just rubbed me the wrong way and then of course i have this little baby like yeah. how am i gonna defend him like i'm all c-sectioned out still you know yeah. i'm like no so 
I literally, he was at work and I just got all my shit and they picked me up. Like they got, like they had a van or whatever and I just got all my shit and I moved into the shelter. Like, oh God. Yeah. But I ended up living at Guadalupe home for 11 months because I got kicked out of Guadalupe home for my attitude. Oh, I thought you were going to say for attendance because <laughs> that was your job history. Honestly, you know what? They had a five o'clock curfew Oh, at this Guadalupe home and they, they wanted to struck, you know, they wanted these women to learn structure, which I yeah. honestly Makes sense. is really crucial. But when you're coming in from a survival like mentality, you don't yeah. see that as being helpful. You see that as you're not letting me do what I need to do when I need to do it. Right. Yeah. You couldn't have your cell phones. They made you turn in your cell phones every night. So you a curfew, you had to be in bed by 10, like in your room, at least by 10. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily asleep and in bed, but that's super interesting because, uh, I mean, I don't want to say where I work, but you know where I work. And, um, that's interesting cause you guys are adults, right? And so there's different standards for adults. I get that when you're working with like underage, like youth and it's like, okay, well this time you can only talk on the phone or be on your laptop this time. That's mm-hmm. interesting. They have that for like full grown adults. Yeah. But anyways, I mean it is. And, and I can see because obviously I, I feel like a lot of women who do end up being single moms, they are coming from a broken relationship. You know, yeah. none of us are coming from a happy home. Yeah. You know, none of us are, are thinking mentally straight at this point, right? So, of course, there's going to be back and forth with the ex, with the baby daddies, with the families. So it was just more of a not to have that opportunity to stir that conflict, at least at night, right? Yeah, yeah. At least when everyone else is trying to sleep or whatever reasoning, right? Yeah. So I'm there, and I'm a hot mess. Like, I'm, I literally, they had, like, counselors and stuff there intake counselors that just like oh talk about your story and like why are you here and literally i just remember crying i was like i don't know and looking back on it i was like man i i i don't think i realized how broken i was yeah (laughs) sorry but no you're fine um it's just a crazy experience and uh No, you're fine. Take your time. Yeah, I told you guys I was going to cry. Good. Hope we get more viewers for this. I know. Uh, Shout out viewers. (laughs) Shout out cancers who love crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, so, you know, I'm there and, and... and so I meet with the head counselor and she automatically, you know, diagnoses me like, oh, you're depressed. And I feel like no one wants to be, I, well, for me, I never wanted that title, right? Like, yeah. oh, you're a depressed personality. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not depressed. As I'm like yeah. crying. Yeah, as you're solving. Yeah. have no support in my life. Yeah, no. Yeah. You're, you're a little, you know, on yeah. edge, you know. I honestly wish... I still had therapy and still had access to counseling because I feel like that really did help me grow. Like not like just as a person, but like as a mom and it's a lot, it's a lot to take on the world essentially. Right. By yourself. So I did the, 
the lady who ran it wasn't a very nice lady. So she definitely took jabs at you at your lowest, right? Mm. So even like there was one time that we were talking and we just didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And it, it really surprised me how unwilling to help she was considering she was ahead, you know, running somewhere to help people, right? Yeah, yeah. So literally the, the thing that really set us off is the fact, you know, she was like, well, you know, where are you going to go? You're a homeless single mom. You know, talking down to me, like, what are you going to do with your life? Where do you think you're going to go? Because right now you're nothing. Yeah. And I was just like, no, no, no. Like, so we got into it. Right. And that's what she kicked me out for, because mm. essentially I was standing up for myself. Yeah. And not letting her belittle more than I was already belittled. Like, yeah. Like, or know, like what you're already doing to yourself. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, how are you going to speak to me like that? You know, speak to yeah. anyone, not yeah. just me, because it wasn't just me. And I know it wasn't just me. Like, so it was definitely different. So once they kicked me out, I was actually going to SAC. It was like my first or second semester, maybe. And she was like, we're going to look into a place at Salvation Army and see if they have like a bed for you for the night. Right. I was like, all right, cool. Like, y'all figure that out, I guess. So the next day I got up, took pistol to daycare. I went to my classes and I remember I was on the bus and she called me and she's like, where are you? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm about to go pick up pistol. I just, you know, got out of my classes. She's like, you went to school. I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, my life is still going on, even though I'm not going to be at Guadalupe home. And she's like, well, where are you going to stay tonight? I was like, you said you were going to figure it out for me. So I don't understand why you're calling me she's like i never said that <laughs> i was like oh all right well then i don't know where i'm going tonight because i wasn't even researching it right so we get home and it's like a big deal that i'm still there because i technically got kicked out right <laughs> so they end up sending my paperwork to haven Mm-hmm. So I get to Haven like probably a couple of days later Intake at Haven is literally an all day process. Like you just sit there waiting to be called. Like there's no process. You're just, it's a waiting game at that point. So only because I had a referral from another shelter, I was able to get in right away. So most people, if you go to Haven on any given day and you're like, Hey, I don't have a place to stay. It could take you weeks. Wow to get a room at Haven. Like it's not quick and easy. It's not, they'll let you stay overnight. In that, um, was that courtyard? So right? not the courtyard. Oh, so the okay. courtyard's completely different. The courtyard is more for homeless, homeless. Yeah. The people who actually do live on the street and some of them don't even want a home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So they're like, I just want, I just don't want to get rained on or, or something. I just don't yeah. want to be on the streets for the night. Got it. So that's kind of how the courtyard works, right? So to be in like the intake and the family side Mm -hmm. and to actually be housed in Haven, it's a process. But again, since I had a referral, I I got a room right away and and we stayed there. We stayed there for about seven months. And honestly, Haven, I remember I I was like having a stroller, like pushing the stroller and like they had like a little bag of or like basket of stuff, like my clothes or whatever. And I just remember walking in Haven and just like crying. I was like, I can't believe I'm here. And, and I only at that point, I was like, man, if only I could get an apartment. 
if only I could be more stable, my life would be so much better, right? So there I am thinking, I'm at Haven, I meet with their case managers, and honestly, Haven was amazing. Like their case management, they're so willing to, if you're willing to help and you and you wanna change your life, yeah. Haven will help you change your life. So, I mean, they yeah. did, they literally bought me my MacBook, that is my second baby, and I still love them, I still love my MacBook, but they took me to the Apple store, let me pick out a MacBook Pro, the printer, all the accessories. Like my bill was almost $2,000 and they just paid for it. That's awesome. It was mind boggling. Yeah. Like no one has ever spent $2,000 on me, right? Well, yeah. maybe my dad, like, right? Yeah. New clothes shopping or something when you're younger. But yeah, so Haven was honestly amazing. And then they actually referred me. So I did get housing at Haven. So I was able to get Saha. And then they're like, well, you can either get Saha or you can go into Sam Ministries. And, you know, I, for the longest, all I wanted was an apartment. Just get me an apartment, yeah. get me an apartment. So I was almost done with my associates at this point. Or maybe I was done with my associate. No, I think I was almost done with my associate. I was like one more semester, mm. right? So I'm already two years in to my college, right? Yeah. And then being homeless, right? Or maybe a year and a half. Because Pistol is, yeah, about 18 months. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to move into Sam Ministries because I'm not ready to maintain a household. I didn't have a job. I mean, I didn't have anything, anything, right? Yeah. How am I going to maintain a, an apartment and set myself up when... So Sam's a transitional living, right? Yeah. Sam, well, Sam Ministries, and then they have a bunch <laughs> of different programs. Okay. So TLLC is where we went, remember? Yeah, the one on, uh, oh, I don't know if I should say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we went, so that's where I lived for two years. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And, um, another amazing God sent program. I mean, they helped me. Everything was just so ready and available and willing. So I ended up getting my associates, starting my bachelor's there. and Did they help you, like, apply for grants and do all that, like, so I got like childcare scholarships. Yeah. I got a bunch of scholarships like through SAC also. Yeah. So you would think I wouldn't have student loans, but I actually have a lot of student loans still. But, but like, but like, I mean like, like how you were going, like transitioning into school was like the case managers, like guiding you like, Hey, I know about this grant or this scholarship, or this was still like mostly your responsibility. It's still mostly your responsibility. Okay. I mean, if they got a heads up, if, you know, some other program was like, hey, we're offering this scholarship, see if any of your people qualify, right? Yeah. Um, I got a handful of scholarships. I got, like, um, you know, the child care scholarship through Women United. So mm -hmm. that's how I got started with United Way, right? So meeting that, and then they rolled out a mentorship program, and that's how I met Laura. And so it was funny because we they set us up mentors and mentees or whatever, and my mentor didn't show up that day. So there I was like, oh, by myself. She never called or never like I guess they tried to follow up and she just never appeared. Right. Mm. So then we're at another event and come to find out Laura's mentee dropped her, like didn't answer her calls, like didn't show up. Dang, ballsy. I was like. So I overhear Laura talking about this, right? And I was like, 
I was like, you just got to ask. You know, at this point, I feel like I'm still pretty broken and I'm still pretty unconfident and unsure of myself, right? I'm still homeless at this point, right? Who am I, right? Like, who am I? So I'm like, you just got to ask her. You just got to ask her because Laura is a badass, right? So I just go up and I ask her. I was like, can you be my mentor? And she was just like, well, what's your degree in? I was like, IT. And she was like, well, you know I'm not IT, right? I was like, I know, but I don't care. And she was like, okay. And she was like, well, are you going to show up? Are you going to text me back? Are you going to call me? Are you going to you know, keep up with me? I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then. You're all, I'm about to call you and text you too much, girl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to get tired of me. Yeah. No. And like we had, you know, lunch dates and she just really helped me just be more confident and really like walk me through a lot of stuff. So I am so thankful that they had rolled out that program, especially for. So that was that's specifically through women united yeah that was through women united that's cool that's cool that i can't be in there but whatever yeah women only yeah well that's what you just need to roll out a men a men's united i've been pitching that for a while and i think the state that we're in right now i think people (laughs) aren't having it i'm trying to get a men united and for some reason people keep knocking it down but what makes women so special right (laughs) well i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying i need help too you know exactly no so yeah so then i get set up with her and then i end up so sam's is a two-year program and i max out that two years because i'm like i ain't going nowhere (laughs) you're gonna have to kick me out of this place because it looking back now you know i've been out for i say out right like it was like a system like i was in jail or something but it was really the complete opposite because it was just such a comforting almost like by the end of it it was a comfort like yeah that I knew I was safe. I knew I had someone, people I could rely on. And if I needed something I knew, I could ask, right, at this point. So my two years is up, and I'm, like, you know, getting housing. I'm moving in. And Sam's literally furnishes my whole apartment. I'm like, oh, you guys are so sweet. Like, they just did so much for me, and I'm sorry. God, I'm so emotional. No, you're fine. So you're ending your program and you found you found an apartment mm-hmm. for you for you and your your son. Yeah. Oh, and so Sam Ministries decided to furnish that for you. That's pretty awesome. No, I mean, I feel like they've done so much, and I'm crying because it's like I'm so gr- thankful, you know, and I'm so grateful for. for hitting rock bottom you know i am so thankful for for them and i feel like i'm i'll always be indebted because they didn't have to no no one has to do anything for me for anyone really right so it's just it was such an amazing experience and it's so cliche right because who thinks being homeless is gonna be a good experience right no one no one no one does um And I'm not saying every moment was great. I'm not saying I wasn't scared coming in at nine o'clock at Haven, you know, knowing that homeless people are, you know, everywhere. But overall, my life wouldn't be where it is if I had moved in with my mom or if I had moved in with my brother or 
if something else would have happened, yeah. I don't think I would have finished school in any other situation. Yeah. I don't think I would have done what I'm doing in any other situation. So it, it's such so a blessing. Did you finish your you finish your bachelor's while you were still at Sam? Uh no, I finished I think like a year after okay. I graduated. Or a year after I left Sam's. I finished my associates while I was Sam's. So yeah, so then I had about two years left. Yeah, so about a year. So I graduated in 19, so yeah. And I've had my apartment for about three years. Same apartment? No, I've moved. I've moved oh, okay. once. So did the Sam help you, Sam Ministries? Um, I don't mean just some random guy named Sam. Yeah. But I know. I, I think the lingo is Sam's. Like, that's what oh, everyone okay. says, like Sam's. I just don't want to give credit to some just random Sam out there. Sam Ministry. Yeah. Um <laughs> So they helped you like find the apartment and like apply for it. I mean, so it's through Saha. So, okay, yeah. But Sam's has their own vouchers, so they have their own set of vouchers. So I yeah. have a Saha voucher, but it's through Sam's. Oh, okay. So um, I mean, it, it all falls under the same umbrella, right? Yeah. It's all the same qualifications and everything like that. But so it's through them, and then I got like a case manager just for a year. Um, you know, looking back, honestly. As as much as I appreciate housing, the housing I get is shitty, you know? The housing I get has bugs and it has mold. Shit that I never saw in a shelter. I never saw one bug at any shelter I was at. I never had mold at any shelter I was at, Yeah, you know? So here I am thinking, oh, I'm big and bad and I live on my own. But there's still so many issues. You're just going around with raid all over the place my other apartment was infested Ugh. like no mm -mm, no and this one i mean it's not the greatest but it's not as bad no and the, yeah so i mean people are like oh you're so lucky you're on housing and look at you just i'm like no i'll go back in the shelter any day like <laughs> you hit me up sam like come on now you need to extend that program yeah i told him i was like they should really make it a four-year program only because it takes four years to get a degree and, yeah, and, makes and, sense. And really, for people to change their lives, and I'm not saying a degree will somehow magically open a million doors for you. Yeah, I learned that twice. I'm still waiting for them to open my doors. But it does give you yeah. a step up. Yeah, and it at least does give you, and not only maybe not even for them, but for you. Yeah. Knowing, you know what? I am qualified, and I am able to do this, and you have the foundation of that. Yeah. Nonetheless. You know, there's nothing more I want than an executive IT job, and I haven't done anything in IT yet. So there's that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I do, I mean, I can't wait to go back for my master's. Like, I can't wait to get my MBA and yeah. just rub it in everyone's face, really. Like, don't count me out. No. You know? Never. So is um, the mentor program still holding strong for you? Well, no. So I'm not with the program anymore. The oh, how long? How long was that? It was like a year. I think it's like oh. the, for however long you have the childcare scholarship. Is what oh, okay. Was. I didn't know that there was a time. So frame I on had it. it. I think I had the, the childcare scholarship for two years. Mm. So I was involved with that uh, program for about two years. And I mean, me and Laura, like, I mean, I could message her. I could text her right now, and yeah. she would eventually respond. You know, she's a busy lady. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there's definitely still that connection there. You know. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a pretty, 
I mean, I'm pretty amazed at your perseverance. I mean, I, I don't, I honestly don't think I have the balls to do that. Yeah. Like I probably just would have given up, found crack or something and just, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not the easiest route and you know, people always tell me like, I mean, dude, I was, I was at a job fair last week and I was talking to, I was talking to this lady. She was probably like, she was probably like 60 years old and she was asking me like, like what, what I do and like what jobs we were offering. She wasn't really interested, but then she started talking to me about like her grandkid that she had. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me that she got, um, that she got custody of her grandkid because, um, her daughter was on drugs, was hooked on heroin and, um, and the infant drowned in the tub with her, with the daughter. And they were somehow allowed or somehow in some way they revived the baby and um the mom never like she came to but she never recovered custody of her so she has the grandchild now mm-hmm. and the grandchild has all these deficiencies because of drowning like technically being dead for dead, yeah. yeah and so she's like telling me that that like um i think she was like four and she's about to go into, um, I think pre-K or kindergarten. And she was like, it, it's, it, she was like, I don't know what to do because, um, she was like, I have a, I have an, another grandchild who's the same age and he's talking clearly. And this one that I have is like not speaking correctly and she's not making sense when she talks, she's like talking in her own language. And, and I'm like, my agency that I work for, like, that's not our specialty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but it sounds like your granddaughter is probably on some type of scale, whether that's mm-hmm. autism or down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I just started listing off like agencies or nonprofits that I knew. And I was like, you should reach out to them cause they can give you support for this. Yeah. Cause she's just like, she's just like, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I can figure this out. She's just, she's just thinking like, this is just the way my granddaughter is and I'm going to have to pay for this. And I'm like, there's agencies and government things that will help you out. Yeah, definitely. So like, it's, it's pretty like, there's some really, really, really like bad stories out there. That oh yeah. And that's just it. There's worse stories than mine. You know, I, I feel lucky that, you know, I wasn't coming from like an abusive household or I wasn't coming from anything dramatic per se right I feel like just because I didn't have my shit together is why my life was rough you know I didn't plan I didn't have anything prepared I just was living the day to day and that and that's what happened you know I mean I feel like I I went through life and I didn't have my stuff together I think I feel like only in the past like couple of years I'm starting to get it quote unquote together. Mm-hmm. And more so than that, I don't mean monetarily. I mean more like mindset. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm finally like maturing as like, like a person mentally. Finally. God, how old are you? I know. Right. <laughs> they say you're supposed to do that at 25 when you're fully developed, but yeah, no. <laughs> there was no way. Mm-mm. There was no way that was going to happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, they say what what women mature faster, but I don't believe that one either. Yeah. They definitely talk faster. I'll tell you that. 
Exactly. Zing. <laughs> Zinger. So long long term, like ideally, right? Mm-hmm. What's what's Libby gonna do next? Oh man. I don't even know. Like I feel like going through the experiences I've gone through and having different opportunities at different times in different ways. I've really learned that as much planning as you can do something might come out of the blue and just kind of like take you in a completely different direction. Right. So I went to, I started SAC as a nurse, like in the nursing program. Mm. Cause again, I wanted to do something in biology science. So I was like, well, let's just be a nurse. They make good money, whatever. Right. So I literally take one semester of nursing classes, <clears throat> not even nursing classes, like not even like A and P one biology, chemistry, right. The basics of getting in further. And A and P, I was like, nope, nope, I'm dropping this. Like, it's too hard. Yeah. And Pistol was a baby, three, four, yeah. five months old. I mean, it was. There's no way I can study with a little baby, everywhere, right? And I was like, man, I wish you know. And then you start thinking, like, well, maybe you just need to dedicate yourself more. Maybe you just need to try harder because it's been done before, right? And I was like, no, no, I'm not doing this. So then luckily I saw a program, I actually got with the city of San Antonio um, and they paid for my associates because it wasn't like IT degree, right? So I had them, I had a case manager, they set me up at the financial empowerment center with my credit. I mean, it's like all inclusive, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like there was just so much, so many programs and so much to benefit from if you really want to change your life. If you're really ready but you you had to do the work though right it's not like someone's gonna come up and be like hey just sign your name here and here's all the grants and opportunities yeah no i was still jumping through hoops it's still yeah a shit ton of paperwork everywhere you go everywhere you go is like your life story on paper right every program you're in so it's definitely a lot of work and then the case management like some case managers i was i was meeting with weekly you know and i'm on a bus you know, so it's literally like my whole afternoon to go meet this case manager and then go pick up my son from daycare, wherever he was. Right. Yeah. And then going back home. So, I mean, it's definitely a lot. And then not only, but most shelters have their own programs Yeah. and their own stuff. So once you're home, like at Guadalupe home, once you're home at five, you're not like just chilling till 10. There's house chores, there's lessons to learn, there's counseling, there's group counseling, there's people coming in to speak to you. I mean, you're busy, you're busy. So you're never chilling, it's never a down day. You know, it's go, go, go all the time. So I was busy, I stayed busy. So in the the future, you're just gonna continue to say, hey, I'm just gonna ride this wave and say yes that's something i've been telling myself lately is just just to say yes to more things mm-hmm. part of me doing this is just saying let's do it yeah just saying yes i'm gonna do it i've been wanting to do it so i'm gonna do it yeah and don't expect anything of it It'd be cool if it does yeah but um you know i mean that's kind really of cool that's kind of what i've been going off of lately it's just like just be open and just say yes to things because yeah. so much in my life i've been like I don't know, brainwashed, like pushed in a certain way to be like, you need to go this way or this is the only way to go. This is the correct way. Yeah. This yeah. is the only way it should be done. And if it's not done this way, then 
yeah. you're somehow of a disappointment. And that's that's another reason why I want to do this podcast because I want to talk to people like you and hear real stories about how people actually fucking did something. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of hearing surface level things like, hey, just, you know, <clears throat> work hard and uh, study hard and like you're going to get there. And it's like, Dude, I'm so, I'm so tired of hearing that. And, um, and I think people really crave something more. Like people really want to hear like, oh my gosh, I have those same things that person has Mm -hmm. not just, oh, I got to work harder. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, so that's another reason kind of why I don't do this. And and that's, and I'm going to be purposeful about who I talk to and like, I'm I'm not going to do this superficial type Mm -hmm. stuff. Like. Yeah, and also creating boundaries. Like, I feel like one thing, which I don't know if it's ever hindered me, but I know for me as a single mom, it was always my goal to make sure I'm always available for my son, you know, and and create that bond. And I have been so lucky to have these jobs where I did work when he was in, you know, daycare or whatever, and I could spend all night with him and all weekends with him and – you know, I worked at the university for two years. If I, if he was sick, I mean, they were so flexible, like the flexibility of having a, you know, and I was able to go on his field trips, you know, like even my mom couldn't go on my field trips as a kid, yeah. you know, because she was busy and she had a household and, and I feel so blessed to have these memories and, and have such a strong bond with my son as a single mom, because I feel a lot of single moms don't have that because they have to work two jobs you know full-time part-time never there always somewhere else right so I take a lot of pride in the fact that my son is always with me and my son is always number one and that that has I feel like my might have hurt my career because I could have had a part-time job at this at this point right yeah but I choose part-time because I value my time more than I value my money at this point yeah and I'm not saying I'm not broke because I'm broke, but I would still rather yeah. have time with my son any day than yeah. having an extra couple thousand in the bank at this point, right? Well, I mean, that that's it, right? So it's all about like what's success to you, right? Yeah. What, what is it that you value? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, just because somebody makes a lot of money, I mean, we don't see that other side of their life where they're incredibly lacking mm-hmm. or whatever. And I mean, maybe that's not the case for everybody, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a full believer is that like you have a full circle and you can only divvy so much of that circle. So, um, I want to exactly. end the, I want to end this on a happy note. So when you're done with your responsibilities, where's the party at? Where's your favorite parties? You know, we meeting on the mix in St. Mary's strip. What, what? That's, that's still the spot. <laughs> I, I honestly, we, me and my friend, we we have been like going out every Friday because my mom watches my son, and I really, again, I, I honestly, I, I rarely have been away from my son yeah. in seven years, right? And so my mom's like, "No, it's healthy. You need to go out. You need, you know, you need a break." And I want time yeah. with my grandson, right? And so I'm like, "Okay." So every Friday we've been hanging out. We go to the mix typically, and oh, so yeah. we haven't been going. We haven't gone in a couple of weeks, right? And so I, I text her. I'm like, I miss the mix because <laughs> we didn't go. We oh, yeah. So my uh, I have an older brother. So I'm 34. He's 45. Mm-hmm. 
and he was a bartender at the mix for like i don't know i think like 15 plus years what's your brother's name uh i'll, t- I'll tell you that off oh, the okay. air but okay. uh he was he was there for a while and then he uh he left and he moved to portland oregon for like 15 years and then moved back a few years ago i want to go to so portland. my so my family has a long history, history with, the mix. with the mix yeah and it's I, crazy that it so like literally looks the same and I'm like you can't ever just like yeah tidy this up in here like <laughs> so th- that wouldn't be, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the it, mix right? then right <laughs> Oh my god I love it Shoot, I remember my brother used to come back in town and he knew all the bartenders and I would he would take me when I was like 22 and I'm like I can hang with this fool and then like uh my parents don't live far from there they mm-hmm. probably live like maybe 10 minute drive And I was just so wasted. I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to be alive anymore. And I walked, I walked back to my parents' house and, uh, Oh, a 10 minute walk or a 10 minute drive? No, it was a 10 minute drive. Oh, maybe like a 30, 40 minute walk. Oh, okay. okay, okay. And I just showed up in front of my dad, rest in peace, dad, uh, showed up in front of my dad in the living room and I just walked in and just started puking upwards. And, uh, and he got mad at my brother. And so that's that's <laughs> so that that's the end of that story. But uh Libby, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. I think you're amazing and hopefully we'll do this again soon. Yes, thank you. No, thank you for having me and I'm sorry I cried so much. Hey, <laughs> respect. <laughs>